Welcome to the More In Common podcast. This is a place where we explore the fact that we have more in common than that which divides us by anchoring humanity in compassionate conversations. I'm Sam Goodspeed, and I'm currently interning at More In Common, and I'm super happy to be introducing today's show. Now remember, you can find all things More In Common at moreincommonpod.com. Episodes, merchandise, blogs, and more. Of course, if you like what you hear, give them a like on your favorite podcast app, leave a review. It helps promote the show and get more ears on the amazing conversations. Even better, if you leave a review, we will try to read it on a future show and share, share, share. On to today's episode as a part of 2020, A Decade Possible. This is season three. Today, the guys wrap up season three with a one-on-one conversation talking about where their headspace is on COVID-19. 136 days after Callie went into lockdown. They also get into what struggles they have observed and had engaging in political conversations as they tee up what season four means to them and what it's all about. Enjoy today's show as they close out on season three. Before we get into it, I just want to talk about audible.com because I love it. I do audiobooks all the time when I'm driving around L.A., is how I love to, it's, it's my preferred way to get books in, frankly. Specifically, I want to talk to you about Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. It's coming to Audible July 15th. Now, I've put off reading this graphic novel and this series of novels because, well, I just got a lot going on, but I'm going to get it. It's in my pre-order list right now. Uh, you should think about it. If you've never used Audible, you get a free book and you can go to our website and click the link and use that to get your free book. We do get a little on the back end, and we appreciate you for the support. So, Neil Gaiman, I would also say Norse Mythology, really good book. The Audible book is actually read by Neil himself. I really appreciate how he puts his personality into the writing. A little bit funny, uh, some new stories or or twists, new twists on stories uh, from the Norse world that my fantasy nerd self likes. One, thirty-six days since Los Angeles lockdown due to coronavirus. Clack, clack on lock, you heard? (laughs) (laughs) Um, how's how's it? How are you holding up, dude? I'm gonna. It was rough, and if you see me, it's rough. My, my not our producer rough but like r-o-u-g-h you can check out our our daily chronicle to see the the threads the threads on the heads um yeah it started out very tough man like this i this whole being in the house most of the time with the both kids when one was going to daycare over 50 percent of the time and i was able to go to the office if i really needed to to like get some focus time in to everybody being in the same space, often having a baby in the room with me, like I do right now, that was very flustering. The mental, my mental state was not good, not to mention worry about what was actually happening in the world. And it's still happening. It weren't good to start with. Uh, what about you? Oh, not to mention the strain on a relationship, on um, especially with a newborn and my wife dealing with that and trying to breastfeed and having challenges because the baby had she had all kinds of uh reflux issues like it was just stress on stress on stress bro yeah um ohio locked down about the same time 
Um, I think it actually locked down just before or just after. It was just remember. after, but Ohio put measures in place for almost in everybody before. else. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So I always hate, I, I don't know, I, I hate talking about this um, simply because the reality of our circumstances, it hasn't been that bad. Um, you know, we, we keep, we have kept really strict controls over like our grandparents don't see anybody but us. Um, not our grandparents, our kids' grandparents, our parents, um, don't do see anybody day. else. I yeah. refer to my wife's <laughs> right? mom all the time now. It's really all weird. the time. All the grandparents are, Hey, grandma Sue. Hey, gr grandpa Kevin. Like I don't even call them mom and dad anymore. No. Well, they don't really care about you as their son as much anymore. It's all about the kid. Like, <laughs> so they bad. call you and they're like, where's the kid? And you're like, I don't know. And they're like, yeah. all right, talk to you later. I actually will. I'll call my dad because I don't talk to him nearly as much. And I'll say, hey, dad. He'll be like, where, where, where's, where's Adeline? And I'll be like, hey, um, I'm actually calling to catch up because, you know, we haven't talked in a while. <laughs> so let's, uh, hey, let's have a good conversation. Me, son? Yeah. No. Hey, remember the one that actually participated in the creation of that child? Um, so, you know, we we actually also um, kept our our primary child care, our, our nanny, coming over um, and just put strict controls in. Can I, with can her. I tell a truth that I've never told? Yes, that fucking pissed me off. Mm -hmm. What made you mad about it? It because you you had well, well I had it or did it make you mad because it did you find it irresponsible both, mm. both. Uh, I'm not sure which is more. I think more was about just the pain in my situation and that you you didn't you didn't join me in that pain. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't. This pain loves mistress. Um, yeah, <laughs> but also I there was a, there was a. <laughs> It was I was I was disappointed in you for a little bit. Mm. Um mm. but then when I, I brought it up in a much kinder way than I just did, uh you shared like you talked about what you were doing to limit exposure and and, and so there was also a, a measure of concern. Uh didn't want y'all to get there, Rona. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's um it was one of those things that you know we we talked about it quite a bit um as it relates to how we wanted to go forward because we actually did have conversations about what will we do because we both work from home my mom still works and um while cheryl's parents are both retired asking them to come over eight hours a day five days a week we had we had no idea how we would manage that at the same time um our nanny she did go on vacation um uh, just before covid like just before everything locked down you were out here in and February? i was there like three weeks before it locked down mm -hmm. um and so she hey, had patient zero right here ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> so um she had some we had like three days in a row because our parents were out of town or something. There was, there was some reason like Cheryl and I both had to work full days together as well as watch both kids together because we took Adeline out of school immediately. Um, 
and it was just like there just it functionally couldn't work or both one of us would have to quit our jobs like they just we couldn't manage so we decided to put controls in place well i mean limited controls right like we talk about it all the time we talk to our nanny about it we make sure she knows what we're thinking where we're going we told her at the beginning like if you come over and she's very honest with us which is a helpful thing mm. we told her like if you do anything we might have to not pay you for two weeks and keep you home or mm -hmm. so she she understood so we've we've been very clear and we have these conversations all the time so we could manage it to the best of our ability um because we we that was the only option Jeal that we had jealousy was the big thing i think and, and i and i and that's why it's a big it's a, it's hard for me to talk about like not because i mean i'm I, we just feel it, it's one of those things like hey you know let's say i had 10 hundred million dollars what, what would that be a billion dollars um, yes. <laughs> um and i just sit there and talk about yeah i mean life's not hard because i got a billion dollars to people who don't have a billion dollars like it it's a, it's a weird thing so i i really try to just be more empathetic about it um for for others because i do understand it i mean the mental strain on it has been really hard not going places not seeing people not doing stuff we have locked ourselves down introvert yeah i know right <laughs> and so but you know, know like now, it brings up now, a good point because there on the flip side of this for me there's been a lot of growth personal growth growth in my relationship growth in my relationships with those that i do business with um in my my community and my village in my neighborhood directly um there's been there's been a lot of growth and then like a lot of realization that you know while i felt that jealousy like it wasn't real and it it just highlights to me that privilege exists like i have tons of privilege i work for microsoft microsoft has handled this extremely well i'm mm -hmm. i'm gainfully employed uh in a, in a ridiculously good situation during this horrible time where unemployment is so so i understand what you're saying because even saying that is like oh am i bragging and it's like no like, yeah i just i realized the the privilege in my position and at the same time the shittiness in my position and i don't think the two negate each other they just they live together uh, yeah i mean there's yeah. have you found do you know anybody who's been to like that you run circles with that that has tested positive uh there was a so the night before or was it night it's like four nights before their lockdown and then our daycare decided to close one of the girls had a birthday party i think there were two days of birthday parties in a row and then after the second one which we didn't actually go to that one but, but we're in the same circle one of the parents had like tested positive so somebody in the circle tested positive we don't know where the vectors of contact were exactly I talked to Brent and then Brent talked to me and then wait, did we touch? Like, did I? So, so you guys had to do your own like contact tracing. Yeah, but no, like we were just like, yeah, are no, you sick? No. Do you feel sick? You know, yeah. kind of thing. Um, but I, I had one, a good friend from college. I uh, talked to, he's a pilot. Yeah. He got sick and he, he got like, he's young. He's my age. He's our age, you know, and he's very good health. And he got sick. He was sick for like two months. And he wow. said getting off the couch was uh was all he could do like if he could get off the couch he was he was happy 
and yeah. said it was real rough. How about you? Um, there is a, an old friend of mine from college, or not from college, from Chicago, um, someone I lost touch with, but uh, found out online that uh, he was a oral surgeon mm-hmm. in Michigan, and um, he passed away. He's 38, our age. And Wait, is that the dude that we both know? Uh, you knew him a little bit, I think. I think in you Chicago. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. might have known. Yeah. yeah, but um, other than that, I mean that that was that was hard. Other than that, I don't. I haven't. I don't know anybody that that has actually caught it, and I think a lot of that has to do with. I, I mean, I don't know. People. I don't know what that. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a big circle of friends. <laughs> But I'm also like being in, in, you know, there are a lot of variables that go into what this spread looks like. And we've been very, very close and paying attention to, to all of the things. And, you know, I mean, I think back to the beginning, if we were all just responsible and took things seriously and, you know, you know paid that, attention, that, that was a know, big part so of the early frustration. became polarizing. Yeah, because I think we locked down probably three weeks before the official. Like we were like, all right, we're yeah. going to limit contact. And we were basically inside except for groceries, and then we converted as much as we could to delivery. And so I feel like I've been in this forever. And yeah, people seeing people not not take it seriously really pissed me off until I got to a point where I was like, this is America. People are going to do what they want, and all I can do is what I can do. Like I can control my actions, and so I just got to let it be. So- how do you, so this is actually a conversation Cheryl and I had last night um, because there are some people in her Facebook circle, I'll be as vague as possible, that are oh, isn't it? like promoting hydroxychloroquine again. Like as a, if it works, it works because of one non-random study that's retroactive. It, I, we can go into all the reasons why the study is is a data point that, has been invalidated by many other studies, but um, it it created like she was furious about it, and we've been just talking about like what makes it, her so mad about it, and I'm wondering one like what made you so mad about it early, and and how have you get, gotten to that point? Like people are going to be where they're going to be, and you know, uh, I was mad just because like I had read a really good article from this dude who like did the math on like the the spread and like what mm-hmm. this could mean for hospitals and so i just thought there was like it was my responsibility to be as responsible as possible to just do what i can to pull myself out of circles to like not be a vector and the the whole it's like seeing people that were being irresponsible or not taking it seriously like it really bothered me but then Fast forward, like some people want to wear masks, some don't, some don't have the means, some don't know what's what, some people don't trust it. And it's kind of, I don't know, it, it's um, it's just the reality, it, it is basically the reality of the world we live in. Like this country is is about personal liberties and freedom, at least we purport to be. And so people can make their decisions. And I just don't frankly have the energy to deal with my thoughts about somebody else's decisions mm. i just don't have the time and the the energy like i got too much shit to do so, how did you yeah i guess did you come to that point um or and and what did you learn about yourself in that process 
Uh, there was a really good post on the Facebook of all places because you know how I feel about that. I don't like Facebook. Uh, Love Facebook. Like this dope long post. And it was like, some people want to wear masks. That's okay. Some people don't want to wear masks. That's okay. Some people are scared about COVID. That's okay. Some people aren't scared. Like, And it was just like 20 things. And it was just like, basically what more in common is. Like, everybody's got a story and a reason and a thought. And that's okay. Period. Like, you know, we'll get we'll get through this. We won't like whatever. But if we if if I stop if I stop believing in compassion and just treating people as humans, regardless of what they think, then what? Why am I even doing this? So I think that's that's kind of been my journey on it. What about what about you? Did you or like what did you tell her? How did you respond? Yeah, it's one of those things that we're. I mean, we we're actively having a discussion about it. Right. Um, because I found out a friend of mine um, is visiting some people in Atlanta and is going to be a guest bartender um, this coming week. Right. And my initial response is irritated. Like I'm trying to figure out why am I irritated about it? Because I've come to that point. I'll be, I mean, if I'm going to be blatantly honest, like I've come to this point of, if you want to treat yourself irresponsibly and you catch it and you get really sick or you die, I have no sympathy or empathy. I, I literally, I don't. Where I get frustrated is where that bleeds over into, um, I just read an article about how some some woman died because her... A grandson or came and visited and, and gave it to her, right? Um, and when we know about all of the ways that you can affect other people, um, but we can still all bear personal responsibility to staying away. Like if someone doesn't have a mask on, yeah. If if Rod or if if someone doesn't have a mask on, like I can avoid or I can say like we need to if if you care about it take care of take care of other people. And so I think the thing that bothers me though about it is the more irresponsibility that occurs the more shutdowns we have. The the more the economy like the slower this thing is going to be to opening up and being any semblance of whatever real normal looks like going forward that it's like come on come on can we can we just act and i think that's the thing that still frustrates me about it i think um I, I, just real quick retort like i think like i definitely still have compassion to that person that didn't take it seriously and yeah. dies or gets seriously sick like the information's there but it's not like everybody can't consume it everybody can't take it like and that and i feel fortunate that like i am in a position where i can isolate as much as i can and i can still work and live and yeah. some people some people have to be out there people working yeah. um that's fair and I real quick story, like the first weekend that we locked down, one of my buddies that runs all these dope football flag football tournaments hit me up. He's like, hey, we're having a flag football tournament. And I hate conflict. And I was just like, yo, I won't say his name, but I was like, hey, I don't think this is responsible. I definitely won't be there. I don't think you should do it. And I sent him a couple of things. I was like, take a look at this. And it wasn't like, if you do it, we're never talking again. Like, right. it, it, it's just... Like, yo, I don't think you should. And we had it back and forth. And he talked about what he agreed with and what he didn't. And I think they still had the tournament. And, you know, like they're good. But it could have gone It could have gone really poorly. Um, what? 
So the new norm, man, like, where are we right now? What's normal? What's not? What's... I honestly don't know. I mean, because to everything that you said, everybody's normal is a little bit different. Um, one of the, I think, universal normalities is that, you know, businesses have to manage and mitigate this, right? Like they have to figure out what to do because of government mandate and they don't want to be responsible for other people catching it. Like I wouldn't want people, I think I just heard, was it, um, Alphabet? Uh, gave the opportunity Google. for Google employees yeah, to not come back to the office until next summer. So businesses now have to really, I think that's the new normal is understanding what the economy looks like. I think there is a new normal for us where we wear masks everywhere we go. We don't go inside places other than grocery stores. If we're going to dine out, we dine outside. Come winter, it's going to suck again, right? Um, we, if we're hanging out with people, we hang out outside. We do not, into, you know, we do not do much. You know, we 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 try to keep our distance, and you know, we're all trying to figure out like who's okay with a handshake because I'm not right. And and the new normal is what's that conversation look like? And I think that conversation does need to be less judgmental. It's like, I, hey, listen, if you're not wearing a mask and you're just cool, willy nilly, doing your thing, trying to give me a hug. Like I'm, I'm just gonna say no. I'm cool. Like, and hopefully you understand why. And I think the know, new normal is black dudes and masks. That's my favorite part. Black dude, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go get a ski mask just so I can just <laughs> yeah you get away with it now. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So I, I hang on. This is a moment. Screaming child, and I don't know. Along with black dudes and ski masks, we got babies in the office. Like my new normal is there's a child in my in probably seventy five percent of my meetings, and I'm okay with. Yeah, that. I don't have a problem with that yeah. anymore. I did at the beginning. Yeah, of COVID. That was yeah, that's a hard thing to overcome. So look, so now bro, we're getting ready to get yeah. into season four. We're we just talking. wrapped season three. We just so, wrapped season three. That's what this is all about, kind of, sorta. Yeah, and season four we're we're getting into politics we're getting into american ideals we're gonna be talking with oh we we talked with a whole bunch of amazing people about what their thoughts were on shared american values and ideals um so keith what are some like what'd you pull out of this and what are some of the ideals and values that you think we hold as americans we unified group of americans that we are <laughs> yeah, I think um, you know I'm excited. But it's funny. I want to want to at least say like we've had we have recorded or released 87 episodes, right? And not all conversations. So like some of them are just you and I. Some of them are bonus episodes. Whatever the case may be. But in all of that, I think we've talked about politics three times or things that could be thought of as politics, right? Yeah. Like you think about Pete. Yeah. You think about you know JS maybe. Um, and we just, we don't, you would think we would given our platform. Funny thing is people don't like talking about politics. So we don't like to force the issue of the conversation. So that's why we started this season and we wanted to, and, and the thing about like, it's, it's interesting I'll take that because I do wonder, and I think about like all of these episodes that we've had and try to, try to 
ascertain why people don't talk about politics. Have you ever thought about it? Absolutely. So one of the one of the norms is a lot of our social constructs are being challenged. College, going to college. Uh, do companies need all these all these buildings that they have all these mortgages and leases on? And I think a social construct that a lot of us bought into has to do with Robert's rules of order and being prim and proper. And part of that is not offending other people and not talking about politics or sex or anything that is vulgar and offensive. offensive. Right. Like, I mean, my dad talk about this all the time. You can come in my house and you, you can feel welcome. You can open the fridge and get anything you want, but you can talk about anything except for religion and politics. And that's, that's an American ideal that I think Gen Zers and this this world right now and in, in this co pre in this post COVID ish phase is like, why is that so? And I think people just ascribe to we don't talk about it because I don't want I don't really want to hear other people's thoughts about it because that would challenge mine and I might not be right. And it's easier just to hold mine and not really get into it with other people. So so I actually I, I totally agree with you on the prim and proper component of things, but I think that that's it's all rooted in that cultural aspect that you don't talk about politics in my house, right? So we have all been raised not talking about politics. So when we get into a conversation with someone whom we may disagree, it, and it and it it gets exacerbated modern day, but you you end up gaining your knowledge or information through your known ecosystems that is now blown up with echo chambers as it relates chambers. to social media and other things but even growing up from your parents or from whatever the case to learn more like you've really got to invest in time but every, politics affects all of our lives so we all have an opinion about it it may not be as informed as somebody else so if you're talking to somebody who disagrees with you, oftentimes we feel like, oh, I don't know how to keep that conversation going. And we feel our own ego threatened because maybe someone knows more than we do. And we're afraid to, to not know anything about the topic. Then you take modern day where we can get a crap load of information that validates our, our perspective that the other side doesn't actually get. So if you go into a conversation we could actually be talking about two different things, even though we're talking about the same thing. And it creates this tension because I know nothing about what you're saying. You know nothing about what I'm saying. So how do we come together on it? And people are having a hard time now more than ever navigating what that looks like. So it feels better to, to just sit with the people I know and continue to validate my opinions. And it doesn't feel good to talk to somebody else. So we're just going to keep this division going and we're not actually going to talk to each yeah, other. Yeah, I mean, we're we saying the same thing a couple of different ways. And I think what I pull out of what you just said is it's a le like learned behavior. And what we d didn't yeah. learn how to do was how to have a, uh, a conversation with somebody that yeah. has a different view or a debate sure. or a discourse. Like we didn't learn how to, how to disagree civilly. Right. Like we didn't learn that. So people may want to, but they don't know they don't know how to do it. So what I would say is just tune into the more in commons. Now, do you think, have you have found it difficult to have political conversations? And even in the season, like of, of all of the recordings, we did 10 episodes. So, I mean, 
Mm. This is strange. So uh, traditionally, I dislike conflict. Uh, however, I'm very good at allowing people to express whatever it is they think and having a conversation with them. Like that's one of my core skills. So I've always been able to talk to people that have, like I, I have had, I have bought beers and had beers bought for me by people that were like straight up racist, like maybe KKK in the South, like at a bar. Um, West Lafayette. But we were yeah. able to like have a conversation and um, it's, so for me, it's not difficult. And in this season, it's been refreshing. I think the biggest thing that's difficult is like you're the politico on the team. So you're you're caught up, right? And I'm not I don't follow what's like news trend, news cycles as they're happening right now. So just having the information. But what I have found, and a lot of people like they hear me say that and they're like, How do you talk about current events? It's like I can still talk about them. It just forces me to ask more questions. So then I can form my opinions later versus just having an opinion to have an opinion. What about you? Yeah, I think that's a an, an admirable quality. It's kind of reminds me of when we talked about Kaepernick the first time when I brought up him kneeling and you were like, wait, I got to go. I got to go read about this before I have an actual conversation, which is, I think, something that we should all do a little bit more, um, because even if you are informed, I'm not a politician and I don't study this stuff all the time. Right. Um, and I have, you know, just certain inputs that that I can use on a daily basis so when we when we think about um do you that's yeah, super distracting um when we think about like I'm trying to keep i'm trying to keep just quiet. going into a conversation that that mentality is a big deal i find it i have found it difficult in my personal life with with people about um I have found it difficult to talk to people I know and care about when we disagree just because I do get charged up and I'm actually working on it. And I continue to work um, hard at making all of the things that we talk about real in my life. Um, and in this season in particular, because we anchored back to your question, what do we think about shared American ideals? Mm -hmm. That's been my favorite part about all of these conversations is those shared American ideals are common no matter who we talk to. We can have an amazingly agreeable conversation when we get out of the minutia and have a, an opportunity to connect, at, even on politics, because we get into that space of understanding that we are about you know, liberty and, and justice for all and that people really want equality in this world regardless of the aisle that they sit on. Um, so I'm super excited about that for this season in particular, because I think that comes out in all of these conversations with, with some very conservative people and some very liberal people. Yeah, I feel that. So, um, so coming in like season four, we're about to drop it next week. And it is, it's going to start with Dr. Curtis Takara Rooks, um, professor at LMU and uh, soci socio sociology professor, co cultural anthropologist, and um, he's he's a, a very intelligent, um, left leaning individual who drops all kinds of knowledge, and then uh, it will go from there. And we have some amazing conversations this season. Hey, I got a question for you. What's like one? What's the one thing you pull out from this season? Like, what's the one thing that stands out for you? Just the commonality of the way we look at politics. Mm. I mean, it's amazing to me how most 
everybody we talk to looks at politics or the the output of politics in the same way, even if they're not necessarily agreeable on how we get there. And those two things need to be separated, like from a connection standpoint. Connect on connect on what we want the outputs to be. And then we'll talk about how we disagree on how to get there. But at the end of the day, we agree that we're trying to get somewhere. Yeah, I agree with that. And that connects to this, my thing. My thing is facts. Uh, facts mm. were the thing we talked about in all we but I think one conversation. And it, it really has to do with that, what you just talked about, like separating my feelings on it versus what it is. And uh, look, it's going to be fun. It was fun for us. Get, get into it when it comes out next week. And uh, Keith, it's been fun. This has been fun. I really like this these. Yeah, Recess this has been a good two, conversation. Kinda. So next week, shared American ideals with more in common. Yeah. Book, book. Jiggy son. Booyah.